It's quite amazing. It's yeah. quite amazing. Yes, but what your passports <laughs> can do for you. Alright, welcome everybody to the Haas Boys Podcast. Thank you. Yep, Your yep. American podcast for F1. I have Parker on my left. Yeah. I have Mike on my right. Hello. My name is Max. Yeah, Max. Yes. And we are the Haas Boys. And we are stoked Woo. to be coming at you in yeah. live. So through live. Your speaker, through live. your headphones. <laughs> this isn't live. In your vehicle. <laughs> you can pre- you can pretend it's live. It's always live for us. It's, it's live for us. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's live right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun game for you guys to play. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I can join in as well. But uh, before we dive into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the last of the year, this was my favorite part of the race. <laughs> that <laughs> destroyed me. I was laughing so hard on my couch. Okay. Um, so around lap 35, <laughs> George Russell gets on like the, the intercom. I've recorded it <laughs> and we're going to play. What did he say? We're going to try and interpret what George <laughs> Russell said. <laughs> okay. So here it is. It's going to be the Mercedes team talking to him. And then we're going to listen and try and decide what George Russell said. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Okay. Here it is. What? <laughs> oh, this my. is the lap, lap, last lap of the season. I'm not hanging around. I yeah yeah yeah. Okay, that's a good one. That's okay. not bad. It came on. It's at lap 39. Is the only I, thing I I'm was, thinking here. It's the last lap of the season. I, like just listening to it. I'm sitting there. The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix wasn't crazy exciting. No. So there were some boring parts in the middle, and um, that came over the radio, and I perked up and just died <laughs> laughing because I was like. I have no idea what he said, and I speak this language. Here we go. So on the green switch, show us your pushing level. Yo, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. play it again. That was okay. worse. I'll give you my as clear as that yeah, was. I'll, I'll play it again. I'll try and give you my breast, breast in per, uh, interpretation. Here it comes. I plan to chill in Sweden. I plan to Let's chill. Let's not in... chill. I'm hanging about. <laughs> one more, one more. Put his heart in my lick hand. Put his heart in my lap. I think he's having a stroke. <laughs> He's having a British stroke. George Ronk's having a strong. <laughs> Call up ambulance. I, I, I read a meme today that said, you can be British, just don't do it in front of me. <laughs> That's good. And I think that uh, this applies to our situation here. It says something about it's the last race of the season. Uh, I don't want to deal with that, but I'm trying to hang with Leclerc. It sounds like he's talking I'm about pushing Charles. as hard as I can. Yeah. I think uh, oh after we post this episode, yeah. I think we post um, this soundbite. Send this to Henry. I, I think, yeah, we'll get Henry to interpret it. Okay. <laughs> I want people to also, I want Americans to send us what they think it says, and we can post all the different captions with it on like our Instagram reels. Yeah, okay. this will be the audio version of the Lewis holding his citizenship in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last time for the listeners. 
write in your answers. Man, it's not for I'm hanging around. Just stressed out of his mind. He yeah. can't even speak <laughs> clearly. I want Brazil. <laughs> I have a girlfriend. Uh, so thanks for playing that game with us. Yeah, that was a good game. Please, There's uh, no winners here. Yeah. 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 Only losers. <laughs> we'll post on Instagram. You guys send us your best interpretations of what he said. Okay. But now, moving into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix officially. Wow. Yeah. Last race of the season. Yeah. Real race. It was a real race. Yeah. And it gave us everything we expected. Yeah. Did it? Nah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting Perez to beat Leclerc. Yeah. I was too. I think I was in that camp, and I think everyone is mad that he didn't. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, am. I think that Charles earned it. Though mm. he drove a great race and Ferrari didn't screw it up. Yeah. yeah. And so for once, we saw that Ferrari could actually do something right. Wow, yeah. And so they graduated mm-hmm. to being a top team for once this season. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. He drove a great race. I definitely wanted you guys know I love Checo. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted him to take it. Heartbreaker that he didn't. Mm-hmm. And also like it'll go down in history that that was Max that took that took that away from him. Yeah. Although I guess it was they were battling for second and third, which second in and this, third in this race and right. then before Brazil was what? Like sixth was what yeah. Max needed to hand back to would Sergio. A, would a sixth plus a third have canceled out a second? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess so. we'd have to look at the points, but it, it's so. it's possible. But Charles was still in the points in Brazil as well. So yeah. is it five point intervals where it's like thirty points for first, 25, 20? I think, I, it's, I think it's more like I think 18. it's more like depre- like it, it adjusts every time it, it goes does. down. So I don't yeah. think it's this. And then you get number. one point for tenth. Yeah, is what I remember. Um, okay. But that'd be interesting to look up and see how close he would have got if Max had helped him give that. Position. I feel like I feel like Zach Galifianakis right now in the mm-hmm. Hangover. One, two, five. five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do math. Yeah, twenty-five for first. Okay, so I was right about that. Eighteen for second. Big drop. Yeah. Fifteen for third. Twelve for fourth. Ten for fifth. Eight for sixth. So there's. So it'd have been eight well, plus. Actually, wait. He would have taken it. Because it would have been... Well, it would have been 8 plus 15 versus 18. But Charles did finish in the points as well in Brazil, so we'd have to remember where Charles oh, finished. Okay, okay. Yeah, where was he Where was he in the points? Leclerc was fourth, which meant that he got 10 points. Mm. So, keeping track of this, so 10 points plus 15 18. points. Or, excuse me, 18. So, 28 for Leclerc. And then it was 6 points plus... 15 points for Checo. Which would be 21. Okay. So even if had Ma- Max had given it Now do 6 points plus... Because now, now <laughs> it's 6 points plus 18. Would have would that have beat... Because if they had switched okay. positions yeah, six, at Abu Dhabi. 6 points plus 18 would have been 22. Just Well, they were tied going into Abu Dhabi. And then if That's, Charles had finished third, would have been 15 plus... Uh, 15 plus is, 8. 8, which is 21, is, which yeah. would have given Checo the championship. Or the second. So yeah. Checo would have had to finish ahead of Max and get second. Oh, I guess, but then, no, like I said, he just had to beat Charles. Yeah, that was Once. what we all knew going into this race. Yeah. Because they were tied. But yeah. I guess that the discussion was around whether or not Max gave the place back 
would he have yeah. would he won have with a now third? Now yeah. we're back to that square one. And question. now we're back. And, and what was the back. answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Okay. Eight. <laughs> Come to the Haas boys one, for reliable two, information. So what was math. the point? What was the point difference between Max and Checo in Brazil? That's it. That's all I want to know. Two. Two points. So add that two points onto that. So it going into Abu Dhabi, it would have been Perez at two hundred ninety-two. One point off. Okay, one point. So off. he would have lost by one point. Yeah. So because yeah, because fifteen third is fifteen, second is eighteen. He would have had seventeen. All things being equal, with Max giving the spot back, so he would not have taken it. So Brazil didn't really matter. It didn't. He just it had to beat. He mattering. just had to beat him. Yep. Well, so, and he lost, and, and he everyone's like bagging on Perez right now. Why? Because they are saying that like he actually didn't have the year that we all think he did. Right, Mike? I've been like just on Reddit scrolling through, and everyone is just like, if you look at the numbers, Perez wasn't a really good second driver. It was fourteen hmm. to eight, I think, and when it came to qualifying between Max and Sergio, and when you think about fourteen to eight in an interval, it is enormous what are you talking about 14 to 8 so 22 races in the season uh-huh. so max was faster 14 times mm. than perez perez was eight times in that duel which mm-hmm. is usually a pretty good measurement of how teammates are performing at a team is the qualifying because there's no like a lot of external factors getting in their way right it's just mm. like how fast are you right over one lap mm-hmm. the fastest lap that you could possibly achieve right so okay usually that's the measurement which and is it, an interesting topic and is that typical to kind of have it be half it's it depends right so a really equal team will be pretty sixes pretty even right and in the case of red bull with sergio and max i think it was 14 to 8 which when you think about it, with Max's qualifying this year, fourteen to eight was is a decent mm-hmm. one. I I have to check this number to make sure it's not eighteen to four because it could be. <laughs> I could be mixing this up a little yeah. bit dyslexic, mm-hmm. uh, which seems like that might even be more likely with the fifteen wins that Max had. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I don't remember Sergio getting that many pole positions, mm. so it must yeah. be, it's probably anyway. eighteen to four. But the truth is, is that Sergio's season. I mean, it, I I don't know. It's hard to hate on him because it's like how many people were giving Botas any crap? Yeah, and it's it's similar. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like Perez has just been so instrumental in helping Max, and so like I don't know. I think he's still a great driver. I thought he's everyone had a great season at Red Bull. I think right, despite the very last race. I think the biggest news out of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is that we beat Alphatari. Yeah, yeah, all we yeah, had to yeah, do was yo. make sure they didn't get in the points, and yeah. they did that. <laughs> yo, yo, yeah, yo. they were they were the outlier with the hard tire, were they? Yeah, yeah, and, Gasly. And, yeah, they kind of had some odd decisions, and then the car just did seem like it never came around. Yeah, all race. Hey, we did it, guys. We yeah, did. It. This is great. finished eighth in the constructor championship, which, which is that's our win. That is amazing. That's two that's, points. It's two places ahead of where we were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's huge. Yeah. Very that's our huge. win this season. We won 2022. And beating Alphatari <laughs> is yeah. big. Yeah. It's cool. They should be a decent team. They're right. big, well-funded. They're kind of like Haas, but with way more money. And they have a Honda engine. That engine power unit is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Straight line speed. Yeah. It's a big win. Yeah. That's cool. Just so fun. I I was yeah. kind of like really worried whenever like Yuki was getting up because Gasly stayed at the back. 
yeah. but Yuki was in the points for a little bit. And I was like, oh. yeah, like don't do it. And then he sank back down. I was like, oh good. And then Mick like spun out Latifi, and I was like, ah. That was one of the things I was going to say about this race. <laughs> well, what what that about we, that? I was saying that this race gave us everything that we'd hoped for <laughs> and expected. We got a Mick and a Gotifi crash. So I feel like we got what we needed. When Latifi did spin out, I was like, oh, he's sending us off with yeah. a great, <laughs> a great Planel. classic move. Planel. <laughs> That's One a Hoss Boys original, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it plan is. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to get in the points, Latifi. Can yeah, you just, just torpedo that Can you guy? give one for the crowd? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was Mick. It was Mick that kind of tapped him. I'm but, sure yeah. that like Lewis heard over the radio, Latifi's in the wall, and it just eye twitch. <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah, rough race for Lewis. Oh my gosh. Terrible race for Lewis. Were you guys so mad when he... Did the exact same thing as last year? The Dude. exact same thing. But he had to give it back. But no, he didn't. he didn't. He didn't for four laps. And then he eventually did because oh, yeah, the team did. came he did in. He it right back. But well, he, so they gave, they did the verdict like right at, or at least they played it on Sky yeah. right as he was being overtaken by Leclerc. So Leclerc or took signs. it back. Or sorry, signs, by yeah. signs. And so signs like... They said you have to give it back, and it just happened to be that Sainz yeah. was already overtaking. Yeah. So what did he give it back? Well, again? no, I think they he just saying, made an overtake. Well, well they were saying. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He just was overtaking. Right. Hamilton never gave it back. No, and that's what Sainz's complaint was: is he's like two years in a row, this guy just goes straight on yeah. that corner. Yeah. And the FIA does nothing. Yeah. Two years in a well, row. What was yeah, it? Yeah. The, the commentators were saying yeah, FIA new rules. They don't get involved with. Like giving the place back. back. Uh, they don't get involved with Lewis. Yeah. That's the new rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just leave them alone. Since when did like the FIA just like become gutless? They're like, oh, when people break these rules, we really don't like getting involved. Yeah, last like year, a, like an kinda, end plate uh, on Kevin uh, Magnuson's uh, car. That's when yeah, they get involved. Yeah. yeah, last year was icky. We don't want to do that again. <laughs> last year, we told people how to behave during the... Oh, they we don't want to tell people to follow the rules anymore. It was Ugh. uncomfortable. Yeah. But Haas can't talk back. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, they just have they just have the Haas channel turned off. <laughs> they decided that they mainly are just not going to interfere with Lewis, especially in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, at least for one year. Yeah, and they're like, we'll just let him have whatever he wants this year. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have sense. his own little podium celebration, <laughs> whether or not he gets on afterwards. We'll tell him that he won the race. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be just us in the steward's office. Wow. wow, you did it. I was I was fuming and I was texting Mike. I was like, have you watched this? Yeah, I was. Have you watched that? <laughs> like, why isn't he giving the place back? It was Jeez. so dumb. Real quick side note for Abu Dhabi. Oh. We had a correspondent. Yeah, we did. Visiting Undercover? the race. Undercover oh. as a Haas fan. Wow. <laughs> he is a Haas fan. <laughs> side note, he was like, he's like, I'm, he... He's a friend of mine, and he... So was he dressed as a McLaren fan? (laughs) No, he was was trying to find Haas merch, and he kept saying, like, I keep going to all the vendors and asking for Haas t-shirts, and they just laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) But I asked him to, like, give us a a quick update on the track and if he could find any Haas fans. And so this is from him. I think this might be a fun idea. I loved having a Haas fan at the race recording some audio. Maybe next season, if we have more Haas fans... If you have more Haas fans at the race, we can get more correspondence out there uh-huh. looking for other Haas fans. So this is this is Rob. He sent it to me, giving me an update on the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the Haas fans that he's found. Okay, here we go. Normal. 
Alright Max, here we are. We're in Yas Marina. Have not seen too many Haas fans. In fact, I don't think I've seen any yet. We're just at the practice, the qualifying. <laughs> uh, did see one Williams fan. One Williams fan. Of course, a lot of Red Bull, Mercedes, etc. So, um, anyway, that's it. I'll let you know if I see any more. Perfect. Right. Glad to have a correspondent out. Yeah. On the lookout for Haas boys. Yeah. yeah. And always remember, we've got eyes and ears all over the world. Yeah. We had them in Dubai. Yeah. And don't mess around. Remember that. <laughs> we'll be Chef an hour. Yeah, so thanks to Rob for Sending providing some good yeah, thank you. work out there in the field. Thanks, Rob. Also, I mean, I'm just going off on all my highlights. No, I want to hear your highlights. highlights. And I was texting you this, too, because the last 15 or so laps were just Daniel Ricardo and Sebastian Vettel back and forth, back and forth, yeah. Yeah. no out. coverage. Not an just ounce. Until the, the last lap. Yeah, until the last lap. But, like, 15 laps of just, like, watching that side, yeah. like, placeholder names of just, like, them like going, switching. Yeah, switching. And then, like, the seconds in between were, like, under .05. And I was like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, how are and you it, not showing this? And all shown is just, like... Like Max just Max is a country mile ahead of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> or then like cut to the back of like Gasly, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, I was so mad. Yeah. Like these are the last two legends. This is our last potential both race. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hope we get some. And good there goes Lewis Hamilton into the pits. He's retiring the car. <laughs> I was like, "Karma, dude. Yeah, dude. you didn't give that place back. The race takes you bet to the back. Yeah, yeah. it does. Every one of these tough races that Lewis has is just adding a year. Every one of them adds a year onto his career. He just gets mad. <laughs> It's like that retirement just added another year. Like he's gonna go to twenty thirty like now. He's like, I was gonna retire at thirty nine, but yeah. now it's forty. Now it's forty. I want a perfect season. Yeah. <laughs> Gunter. <laughs> Toto. He's, he's driving for us by that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, wow, he's, what if he fell that maybe. far? What if he fell that far? And it's like we love Haas. But like, but like, fall that far, Parker? No, 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 Listen, listen, listen. What if he fell so far that he had, he was so humbled that he had to go race with, you know, a Gunter, a Gunter if they didn't impress, or if they didn't improve, assuming they don't improve. Right. If he got sent to Williams as the Mercedes backup team kind of sister team. Yeah. Could you imagine? Can you imagine? We're watching the twilight of a lot of careers right now. We are. We didn't get a lot of Seb on the coverage. No. Which is fine. It was an unfortunately bad strategy for him. They gave him the one stopper, which was a way less aggressive strategy, and it definitely showed. And at the end of the race, he just wanted to duke it out with Daniel, and he did, but, Uh you know, on tires that were old and trashed. Yeah. And so what we saw at every other race leading up to this was that he was on the more aggressive strategy. Mm which put him on the attack and he was finishing all of, you know, Suzuka and all of these races so strong because he was in attack mode and in Abu Dhabi, he's like, I'm in defend mode and trying to race with someone as good as Daniel. It wasn't going to work. Yeah. Tough, tough deal for him. Tough race. But at least he didn't, you know, DNF and didn't retire. Definitely. Finished in the points. Him and Danny got to finish in the points. Which is awesome. And it's not like he crashed out and had a disappointing last race. Yeah. I almost uh, looked at Lewis and, you know, it's that Fast and the Furious moment where... 
Paul Walker takes the other road yeah. and Vin it's Diesel goes straight. Yeah. yeah. But Alonzo and Lewis are driving straight. And and Seb is take it yeah. Seb and Daniel are taking the left road. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, We got points and you guys DNF'd. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I you know, was it the veterans being like, the engine's blowing up? This Fernando is my terrible Fernando and Paul, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I apologize. But he just blowing up and then goes into the pits and retires the car, but it wasn't. Was it? Huh? I don't know. You think they were just taking their th- hats to Seb? Yeah. <laughs> if I if Seb finishes, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I'll, think I'll, I don't think drivers could be that humble. Yeah, their ego the is guy. too big. If there's one guy that would never do that, it's yeah, Alonzo. It's Alonzo. And yeah. Yeah. He's very self-absorbed but he did say that he would protect sebastian on the opening lap make sure that nobody passed him or crashed into him and he did he kept his word (laughs) yeah that's cool and so because they started next to each other oh that's great also fun fun fact it was really cool to see that all the drivers had dinner together yeah yeah all 20 yeah in one place having a photo and yeah, it was just kind of cool because it's not like an official FIA thing or mm-hmm. or they're not all wearing their kit with all the sponsors on their shirts. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of dudes getting dinner. Yeah. And it turns out that was Lewis's idea to to do it for Seb and to send him off on this mm. grandiose note with all the drivers. So okay, cool. That was a cool pick. Yeah. One point. One point for Lewis. One point for, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's uh, he's he definitely respects at least a former rival. You know, yeah. man, you look at that picture. Someone pointed out, it's like they took like a zoomed in shot of portion of that sh- picture with the drivers, and it had like both like Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc in it or something, and everyone else around him, and everyone else was smiling, and it was like, cause who doesn't drive for Ferrari? <laughs> like everyone's smiling, Except and just for- like Charles and like Carlos, just like blank done. stares. Yeah, they've got like Vietnam flag. <laughs> Flashbacks of Bonotto screaming at them. It's that Chihuahua with the Vietnam picture, yeah, but it's yeah. just Charles with a freaking intermediate tire. <laughs> Bonotto and oh, cloud makeup. Gosh. Yeah, so uh, good. Yeah, and then speaking of finishing up their season, we got to see the last race of Mick Schumacher. Yeah. I I don't I want to talk about the donuts. Yeah. Mike has opinions on it. I do. I just felt sad. Yeah. It's the saddest radio conversation I have ever heard. It's very heartbreaking. And cuz isn't it a tradition you do donuts at the last race? I mean, I watched Danny Ricardo do it. He went off into a corner. Everyone kind of picked a spot and did donuts. Yeah. I mean, especially for the drivers that are outgoing. Yeah. It's definitely a thing. And uh, I don't I don't know if you heard the McLaren radio during Daniels, but they were I think like I did. they were like yeah th- there was a, a moment there in the telemetry uh, seems good though so even they were kind of hinting at like don't. I don't think he was supposed to yeah but um, wait they were hinting at don't do donuts no not don't but that he wasn't supposed to and he did. And that they weren't going to be like, you're in trouble for okay. it. Does that make sense? And then with Mick's radio, it was, Mick, stop. S- do- seriously, don't do donuts. <laughs> seriously, please. And don't his do response that. was, I love I, you. I love you. <laughs> and then he did them. No, he, no, he, 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 he did two already. Yeah. And they were like, stop, stop. Because they're worried about him crashing it. Because no, uh, the truth is, is that it's because now they've done today was a Pirelli test. At Abu Dhabi, okay, which features new drivers for next season. So like Logan Sargent, Oscar Piastri, a lot of these guys, Fernando with his new team at Aston, and uh, Pierre at Alpine, and a lot of that like switching. And they'll do some tire testing, and and, and the other drivers do it too. So not just the new ones, but mm-hmm. it's really valuable for the new driver. Yeah, okay. And so Hulkenberg, 
had to take Mick's car and put it through its paces for 130 plus laps or so Whoa. for today's test. What, what is this test? It's to test the new compounds for the next season. So, you and know, why, how we have the, the why C... only the new drivers doing it? No, so the, both drivers do it, but it's extremely valuable for the new guys to familiarize themselves with the steering yeah, wheel, precious test like, everything, you know. And so this, uh, this day is really important for the new guy, but it's also the other guys are still feeling out the new tires and figuring out setups for next year. And so knowing that, Haas is still, even though the sponsor dollars are coming in, yeah, they're not in droves like they will be next season. Yeah, and so spoiling a power unit for donuts for Mix last race. Okay, okay, is, I get it. Could potentially cost that. quite oh, a lot of money. I get it, but. Okay. Mick doing two donuts, would that really burn out that power unit? I mean, right now his running tab is over two million. I know, I know, I know that he has (laughs) crashed a bunch of cars. Yeah. But, and I know these cars run at such high, like crazy numbers. Right. Would that really just take that car down to a level where it's like. It depends on the level of angst that you have about being fired. Yeah. What was the the number that I gave you guys last last week? I think it was like 20,000. Our, the, that the RPMs. power units are rated for like five hours. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or yeah. five, it's like five or eight hours mm. is all they've got. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is yeah. yeah, yeah. Like doing doing a bunch of super high rev donuts could yes. stress that engine a bit. It's still single digit percentages, but that's mm-hmm. that is taking percentages off of the yeah. life of that power unit. Yeah. So did you know that sorry, the NASCAR donut was <laughs> invented after a race? He was so excited he pummeled it down into the grass and let it rip and started doing it. And everyone cheered and freaked out. It was the first time anyone had ever seen it do it, seen anyone do it. And after he got out of the car, the team owner yelled at him, said, don't you ever do that in my car ever again. Yeah. And then it just became a tradition. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that amazing? That's like the most American thing ever. Um, and, and sorry, I might be a little dense here, but they did the tire test. So isn't that done? Well, no. So they do the tire test now. So they're doing it right now. Oh. The, today was one of the days that okay, they did the so test. Okay, so today being after after, after the, the race. race. Okay, 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 gotcha. And gotcha. so there's a lot of postseason activity with the car. So having to replace a power unit is a very unnecessary expense for Haas. Yeah. Following this year and with budget cap and very hopeful for next year. Yeah. Blowing a power unit just to let Mick do donuts is something that could potentially really hurt the team. Okay, I got to agree with them on that. It sucks for Mick, though, and this was a tough rookie season for him. And it's definitely, it, right, it is what we all considered it kind of his double rookie season because there was two completely different cars. Yeah. And his first teammate wasn't really much to learn from in the sport mm-hmm. either. So, and so, tricky. So it was uh, kind of his double rookie season. He took over from Nikita Mazepin. Do you guys have some news for Nikita for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he has a lot of words of wisdom. Yeah, he... I mean, <laughs> at some point we need to talk about Holkenberg. We're okay. going to get there. Okay, but we're first I guess there. we're talking about, yeah, Mick leaving, Ricardo leaving, Vettel leaving. Let's talk about And Mazepin the... came so, in so with what, like these what, amazing words here? of wisdom. Oh, if you have Instagram.com on your phone. Uh, let me double check if I have that subscribed. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> www.googoogood.com. Ask Jeeves. And then you ask Jeeves for Instagram. Okay, so just go it. to Nikita Mazepin and find this post. And there is a post where Nikita Mazepin basically is, he says, he was at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, got him thinking about the time he left. 
He's like, I want to share some words of wisdom with Seb, Daniel, Nikki, and Mick as they get ready to move on. Like, he has had a long career in F1. He he had to leave. Here's what awaits you in the five stages of departing the stable. Yeah. Like, like he left honorably. Yeah, like he left. After having a real career. (laughs) Yeah, as if he wasn't the worst ever F1 driver. (laughs) Ever. Ever. And he goes, and then after the five stages, if you keep looking, he has paragraphs written to each of those drivers. So, like, he gives then personal advice to Vettel and Ricardo, who have actually won races. Right. (laughs) This is insane. Stage one, denial. You're going to find yourself driving circles around your apartment building. Don't make the mistake I made. Turn on your stopwatch. Uh, Witty. Uh-huh. It's entirely possible that another F1 team will be interested in your results and you won't have to endure the next four stages. Yeah, he went through some more stages. Anger. Oh my gosh. Kate, okay, stage two, <laughs> anger. You blame everyone but yourself for you guys, having this to leave guy F1. was on our team. He was, on, it's embarrassing. It's cringy. Yeah, it's like Roman was so much better. <laughs> I never thought I'd say it. You blame everyone, particularly the Drive to Survive film crew. Yeah. You watch the races obsessively. I'd just like to make one quick note. They made Nikita look about as good as oh they could possibly gosh. make him. They gave him a whole episode, dude. <laughs> uh, so what yeah. are you throwing stuff at the TV over Netflix for, know. Nikita? Next step. Depression, <laughs> drink, party on a yacht, sleep it off, gain five kilos. This will not be an easy stage I thought to get about through. the five kilos part so much. Do you really so think much? that Daniel... Because that's like, what, 2.5 pounds? <laughs> yeah, like... It's like, Nikita's like, I want everyone to know that I didn't gain that much weight. Yeah, my body's a microchip. (laughs) Do you really think... Do you really think that Daniel Ricardo and Seb Vettel are going to be getting depression, drinking and partying on yachts and gaining weight? Yeah, no. No, No, Brett, buddy. Well, because Vettel's leaving on his own terms after a very amazing career. Right. He is happy. Yeah. And then stage five, acceptance. Do all these things. Keep yourself in shape and keep and keep the door open for a return. No, that's not happening, dude. Not for Nikita. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this, that is that is a tough read. Well, we were talking, Mike, because I sent it to Mike, and I was like, "This is insane." Is this guy on our planet? But I'm like, "No, he no, has. He really is. His dad is an oligarch. Yeah, he is surrounded by people who are either paid or threatened to tell him he is constantly the best driver that ever existed. Yeah. Right, his whole life. So that's all that's in his head. The shape of his wow. head is perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a remark. That's one of the most <laughs> unhinged." things i've ever seen online it is very like he is so disconnected from reality dude like like, genuinely he is probably one of these guys that just has people in front of him they're like oh yeah yeah, you did so good and it was that drive to survive film Mm -hmm. crew that really just put the nail in the coffin i follow him on instagram and it's always like parties and parties and he's djing all these parties and i guarantee he his dad owns the club and yeah. filled it full of people yeah and he doesn't know yeah he's just djing to all these people he thinks love him anyway Oh, that he poor is guy. on another planet right God now. God bless him. He just thinks that he was at the dinner with the rest of the drivers. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, that was such a fun night, guys. <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, Look at this Instagram retrospective post I yeah. made for you, guys. That was a billionaire boy. We were glad to weed out. <sighs> yeah. Holy cow. And well, now we're losing Latifi. Yeah. Guys, we're losing some good, good billionaire boys. <laughs> we're losing the poster billionaire boys out yeah. there. They really were yeah. the poster billionaire who do we have, boys. Who do we have left? Joe. 
And Joe's good. Joe and Stroll. Here's, a, here's another quick point. Joe got rookie of the year. Also, <laughs> Joe was the only rookie this year. Yes. What is that award? <laughs> it's just the only rookie of the year award. <laughs> you got to make card racing cards for something. Speaking you got to put of, something on there. Speaking of coming back, Hulkenberg came back. Is yes. back. I mean, I'm stoked about it. I realized that like Nikita was like, and Mick, to be honest, were like, these are drivers we can afford. Right. During the last season. It's all we could get. Right. Um, and Mick was actually pretty good. He And Mick's an F two champ. Yeah. So he was definitely of value to to us. But I like seeing now am I like from what I see, I see Gunter being like, We have money now, we have momentum. I want to get us back onto to the track I wanted to be on with Magnuson and drivers like Hulkenberg. Yeah. Like, who are amazing. Well and Roman and and Kevin were fighting for best of the rest when they oh. brought Haas into F1. I mean, Haas was really punching above their weight. Fun. And so now they want to return to form mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And the in honestly in Gunter's mind, he's like we had a formula that was working. Yeah. We had a seasoned driver in Roman Grosjean mm-hmm. who was who'd had moments of greatness previously and we had Kevin Magnussen who was a rookie stood on the podium in his first race at McLaren. Yeah. And so I, I do think that Hulkenberg brings a lot. Really, really great. Hate to see him uh, having any conversation with Ted Kravitz. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so that the most blew awkward. my mind. And now I'm just done with Ted Kravitz, Was it be- man. <laughs> I didn't know I could be done with Ted Kravitz. Yeah. But, man, lately he is blowing it. Yeah. What, what was the another thing he did? He Well, he's the one that made Max mad with his comments following. Uh, uh, I can't remember what race it was. Yeah, what did he say? Tooling around the back. Are you ready to be tooling around the back with Williams and Haas? That's what he said during yeah. that interview. Yeah, he was so talking. Uh, so you're back. Uh, you're back now. And and uh, and Nico's just looking at him like, what are you gonna say? Yeah, like, like what, he's done for the beginning. <laughs> what crap he's is like, about to come out well, of welcome, your mouth? Welcome back. I uh, just came back to do some tooling around the back with Williams and Haas. <laughs> just like you're gonna be a last. Like, ridiculous wow. like did you just open your mouth and say those things yeah Ted? yeah yeah do us all a favor shut up yeah. Crazy. oh gosh hilarious wow. but nico's the guy yeah oh nico is the no bs king yeah and you, you can tell him he's just looking at it's that german in him yeah, yeah. it's he's like a german with a sense of humor he and, and he's which he's, is rare he's dry about it yeah dry humor dry and blunt uh-huh. and it's Hulkenberg. very funny <laughs> what, a name. what a name i, I like thinking about that gunter formula whatever it was i was listening to people talk about holkenberg and yeah he's never been on a podium that's what he's famous for right like the most races without getting on a podium he's had some crazy unlucky things happen and his stats are insane leading to f1 and yeah and then in f1 but he's a guy that just collects points he does he's always competing in the top 10 very Mm. consistent which is i think important to that formula i think if i can compare it to like moneyball with brad pitt you know the movie where they start focusing on actual like numbers and data that produce results rather than just like this is the biggest heavy hitting baseball home runner right that's correct terms right yeah (laughs) We'll Biggest it. heavy hitting <laughs> home run. baseball home, home runner. runner. Yeah. 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 That's but what like, I took away from Moneyball. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. October yeah. is a really short way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can see like Gunter being like, okay, I have Magnuson and I have Holkenberg. If we can get them both in the top 10 consistently, great choice. we are like just shooting up the Constructors' Wait, which Championship. Which is brilliant. It's yeah. so brilliant. You like, don't necessarily like Nick, have to get podiums. You yeah. can just crush can points. Just crush on points and slowly get up into that midfield and crazy mick, mick is like 
kind of a novelty because of his dad, because he's new, because because he's new and he's a rookie. And it would be it's a cool thing to do for a team like Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of wiggle room. It's like mm-hmm. cool, put him on a reserve. It's yeah. like he's the Mercedes reserve driver. Dude, that's not what's going on at Haas. Yeah. Haas is not playing the game of mm-hmm. those top four teams. Yeah. He's just they're just not. Yeah. They're playing this like I think you're right on piggy bank like tortoise style race where it's like eliminate all question marks yeah just get points because points equals money and that's all we need we told you we're out for points yeah and i think when you compare mick schumacher's start to charles leclerc you have mick at haas where charles was at sauber alfa romeo and when charles makes mistakes and he gets in an accident or whatever this isn't this isn't applying extra pressure to sauber it wasn't causing a financial deficit it wasn't throwing them into a tailspin for development costs or anything like it right Mm -hmm. yeah and so charles has so much more carte blanche at driving that car and being able to feel confident and being able to kind of further his career with a team like sauber as opposed to being at haas now that haas is kind of gaining sponsors and some things the team is going to change but for the period that we've been in it was a very unfortunate way for Mick to start his F1 career. Yeah, that's tough. And I'm really hopeful that he does land somewhere as a reserve driver and hangs around because there's nothing to say that he doesn't get an opportunity that would match where he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. he could be a champion. Yeah. It's just he's a rookie. Right. Yeah. He's a young guy. He's still got tons of potential. Yeah. And there's been rumors that Toto is very interested in having him in a reserve role. Yeah. And so he might be working with Mercedes. Didn't he say like he belongs in the Mercedes family because yeah, of his dad? He says the Schumacher name belongs with Mercedes. Interesting. We, which is just Mick is getting a new dad. The Schumacher name. <laughs> he does. I will be your new dad. I am your daddy now. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting gears, we want to finish up our last segment of top five underrated things in DOS oh, Formula yeah. One. Parker went last week, had yeah. some amazing top five things. You know, we were really whittling it down. Yeah, we've been digging in. <laughs> you had some great ones. Uh, I took the rest. And, and I don't we'll know what see the heck what Mike crap has to say. Mike digs there up. is nothing. <laughs> Number left. one, Lewis. Number two, <laughs> Lewis. <Yeah>. Number two, <laughs> Lewis's left foot. Yeah. So, Mike, what are your top five underrated things in DOS Formula One? Nazi half DOS Formula One. Well, I wanted to start this one off with a topic that we were just on. So, my first most underrated factor in Formula One or topic, Mick Schumacher. Whoa! I think that Mick is super underrated. I really think that he struggled with a car that was unpredictable. I think he had a lot of variables and not having a seasoned teammate. I actually don't know another driver that came into F1 with a rookie. So two rookies going to a team. Right. I really, I'm like, I don't know when the last time that happened, but none of really any of the other drivers mm-hmm. had dealt with that. And so we're talking about Nikita here. Yeah, exactly. Again, Again yeah. you're come and your, your teammate is somebody that was hard to even measure up against, right? Yeah. Is <laughs> in the other way. And so I think that Mick has to have an opportunity from here to really show his stuff for a number of reasons. But and, th- and you don't think he got it. I don't think that he got the proper stage. Mm. And I think that as much as I love Haas, I don't think that they were positioned for two rookies or one rookie mm-hmm. at any of these stages. Nice. I do think they're a team that could 
very much benefit from these seasoned guys like Kevin, like Roman, and now like Nico to be able to further the car, make it better, make it faster. Yeah. And so from here, I think they've made the right decision. But I do think that if Mick was at Sauber, if he was at Alpha Tauri, if he was at any of these teams that are designed to be the farm spot for these other teams, that he would have had a better starting point. You know, it's funny because we used we kind of have called Haas sometimes a farm team for Ferrari, but it's really not. But it's when not. you compare it to these proper farm teams that yeah. are meant to develop rookies, mm-hmm. Haas is not that. And they've got a road to get there if yeah. they want to be. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a really good point. That so he is a rookie, and he got stuck on a floundering team. And he's not the first. Stuffel Van Dorn at McLaren next to Fernando Alonso, while the Honda power unit was brand new back to Formula One, and they retired the car more than they finished races mm. in the years that Stuffel was at McLaren, and he got hosed. Mm. And so Stuffel has been the Formula E Mercedes team and has won championships there. And mm. so it's just one of those things where it, it, it is difficult. Uh, and so we'll get around to this more a little later. But number one, Mick Schumacher, most underrated uh, thing. Dope. Okay. In no particular order, but first one is Mick. Okay. All right. okay. All right, number two. The driver's seating position in Formula One okay. is extremely underrated uh. because it is weird. And people don't realize it's not just an upright like your own car. No, they're freaking laying down. <laughs> yeah, let's hear about I Mike. have a picture of Fernando Alonso standing next to wow. a cutout yeah. of himself in wow. the Ferrari. That is me on the weekend watching a movie eating a popcorn. Right. Yeah. Th- this is yeah. this is the mo- this is where you catch Fritos on your chest and put them <laughs> back in your mouth position. Yeah. So here's here's the interesting thing. The top of his toes are exactly on the exact same height as his chin. His chin. Which is crazy. It's insane to see just how laid out these guys are. Like, they're fully reclined. Well, and the reason that that's interesting... Like, you for, can take a nap there. Right. And the reason that this is interesting is that the feet kind of stop right before the wheels on the like, like the right front before wheels. the axle kind of right. thing. Right. And so, what that means is, is that the driver sits... In the gap between the engine, the power unit, Mm -hmm. and the front wheels. Mm -hmm. But if you're sensing that the car has, it it doesn't have great grip and it's like tail happy or whatever, Mm -hmm. when I drive a go-kart or I drive a a car around a track or whatever, I'm feeling that with my butt, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I've got a really good sense of where the car is doing what through kind of where all the pressure on my body rests in the chassis. Right. Yeah. For them, it's their shoulder blades wow. for the back of the car. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it, That's where they're getting of this data. Yeah. And, and their knees. Their knees. Their, where the, they are touching. Right. And so it's like all of the weird extra parts of your body that are now touching the car. Yeah. <laughs> and gravity is holding it. Oh, crazy. This is how you're f- giving feedback to the team to say this needs to be adjusted. And again... All of the weight of the car is behind you as well. Yeah, that's crazy too. Mm. The so, fact that you have a jet engine now like on par with your head right. behind you. <laughs> right. Screaming at 20,000 And you're RPM. laying down. And you're laying down. Here, here's a question. Like you're reading a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry uh, Potter. How much management of that weight are they doing? Like, how much are they managing the proper weight of the engine? Because like you said, a lot of that weight is behind their back. I just well, wonder how much they're having to manage the, the rear. With a properly designed car, not at all. 
but with one that's a, a handful, then they're doing it all the time. Uh, okay. And so this is like the topic of what separates Daniel Ricardo from a Max Verstappen over the 2022 season. So you have somebody who's not feeling the engine or the weight of the car at all and driving it like it's a freaking video game on rails, and that's Oof, Max. Yeah. And then you have Daniel, who can't predict what the car is going to do into each corner. So crazy. And so that's going to be the difference in aero development, where the engine and the weight <sighs> sits and all of that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So fun driver seating position number two. These are good so far. Really good. They're not as good as Parker and I. Yeah, because you guys (laughs) took the best. You have to pull something out of the bag. That's why we put you last. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I really, really got the the short straw. We need the easy swings. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, steering wheel modes and adjusting them during the race. Party mode. Dark mode. (laughs) For the night races. (laughs) It. it, I can't see anything. Is dark mode on? <laughs> Thanks. Lando Norris doesn't know which mode he likes best, so yeah. he just has it. Whatever iOS is doing, yeah, just you do whatever it. iOS is doing. <laughs> so I looked this up because I know that I've seen a lot of ridiculous adjustments on the steering wheel yeah. and whatever. And Mercedes had a little article on it. So oh. via Mercedes. The question was, how many steering wheel inputs does a driver make on one lap? DK mode. (laughs) And their answer was, the amount and type of inputs drivers make depend on both the layout of the circuit and the situation of the session. On a regular race lap around Silverstone, a driver will typically do around 40 gear shifts, the quickest sequence in about 1.2 seconds for five downshifts going into turn three. Yeah, so one, two, three, five, five. Nuts. Do, 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 do. Parker and I are over here, like, mimicking <laughs> trying and to doing figure our sound out. effects. Yeah. <laughs> two brake balance adjustments, two changes of display page, Ooh. and three differential adjustments. Oh For each of the different corners, gosh. entrances, and exits, they're going into these different... On a regular race lap. And the, while they're shifting. While they're shifting. All that read, is, that, read that one more time. So real nice and slow. Yes. <laughs> on the regular race lap, a driver on Silverstone will typically do around 40 gear shifts. The quickest sequence is 1.2 seconds for five downshifts going into turn three, two brake balance adjustments, two changes of display page, and three differential adjustments. All wow. of that in addition to the actual steering, of course. Wow. So differential adjustments being power distribution? Yeah. So, and the differential can change on which wheel it's sending more power to. Far out. So this- That is so much. That's a lot. And it also a shines lot. a lot of light on how different drivers can be. Right. Because there's so much going on. We just think it's brake and gas. Right. And sometimes I just think, oh yeah, they're shifting gears. But dang, that is a lot that they're dealing with. No, and recently I went karting with a friend of ours named Tyler. The, some of you uh, you know, in the room here will yeah, recognize right. we this we didn't name. get a call about it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and at this certain electric karting facility that we go to, there is a boost button, which will give you additional power. Mm-hmm. Once per lap. And 
<laughs> when we got out of the car, I had tried to explain to him that where I've used it and things like that to get the best lap time. <laughs> we get out of the cart, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't touch it once. <laughs> I literally had no idea where to put that. <laughs> and he's like, it stressed me out, so I just left it alone. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. And so it's really funny that like in when you think about the amount of different adjustments and buttons and yeah. things on the wheel, it's just absurd. Yeah, You're going 215 miles an hour. And you're breaking into these corners in a matter of feet. Yeah. And then you're also pulling a rotary dial and pushing a button in at the same time. It does sound complicated, but for those of you who play like Call of Duty, at some point you are just muscle memory, like gun changing, reloading, whatever. I guess that's true. And the more familiar. So, I mean, they're not that good. Yeah. Yeah, they're not that good. I I mean, when was the last time you played Call of Duty while going 215 miles? That's true. Lying down. <laughs> it's a it's That's a pretty crazy. intense uh pretty intense uh, I mean, amount look, of adjustments. Look at the steering wheels. There's just so many freaking knobs and uh, dials yeah. and buttons. Crazy. And each each time that they adjust the steering wheel is to kind of fit driver input and things so like the buttons move, the dial or the knob shapes and size change. So there's so many things that get changed by the team to make that an easier experience for yeah. DRS buttons and radio and all of that stuff and where yeah. they want it so it's cool. an insane that's thing. a cool one that's a really cool that's a one really good one yeah Oof, mind-blowing mind-blowing and numbing all at the same time <sighs> oh yeah this next one is the deepest by far oh, okay Ooh. number four deep, okay. deep cut Martin Brundle. (laughs) 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 Yes. He's just the most underrated thing in F1. Okay, so I think that's a great one. And and this this week Shaq was at the race. Did you see him? Yeah. He looked blazed out of his mind. He probably was. Just (laughs) you watch that clip, his eyes are glassed as and he's just happy. But then people were like on Reddit, like, oh, like, is he a true F1 fan? And someone posted a link. I clicked on it. It was from like the late 90s or like, no, early 2000s. Shaq had just won his second championship with the Lakers. Yeah. And he was doing a pit walk and Brundle was the one doing it. He's no been way. doing this for ages. He's been doing it forever. And he's still just as annoying and funny. Like, the same Shaq guy. did not want to talk to him and he's shoving <laughs> his mic in his face. 30 and years like, he's been doing 30, this. 30 like yeah. tradition, just celebrities trying to get away from Brundle <laughs> and him making fun of them. Yes. It's so good in fact such a good one yeah it is so amazing is they started the abu dhabi grand prix with his track walk Uh and he's like yes so here we are on the pit layer you know down here on the grid and uh tons of celebrities and tons of people who think they're celebrities (laughs) he said that (laughs) and i was like gosh Uh, that is great for like abu dhabi that is it's amazing and what's what why, why i really agree with you here is because He's been, he's one of these guys that's been doing it so long that it's his job. He's like one of these talk show hosts. Yeah. That it's his job to interview people that are interesting. Right. But he's way more interesting than any of the people that he's interviewing. (laughs) But still, that's his job. That's how I think about like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Is he's like way more interesting than any of the people that he interviews. Uh But you have to pretend that like he has to pretend that Uh they're cool and interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That talking to Nick Jonas is more interesting than listening to Conan just tell a story. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and again, the other factor here is that Martin Brundle was a damn good race car driver. And he, prior to, you know, well, also following his F1 experience, Mm -hmm. had a lot of success racing GT cars because it wasn't as sensitive under braking and some of these other things that F1 cars deal with. And Martin was in a serious accident in the junior series that messed up his leg. Mm. And so he was never able to have the finesse with the pedals like other drivers. So in Mm. F1, he struggled a little more. And so when he moved on and did things like Le Mans and and raced in DTM and stuff like that, he was hugely successful. Mm. And he was a big time winner in sports cars. And so he's an underrated factor in the sport because not only is he witty and funny and blunt and just <laughs> just so fast, yeah, quick witted. It's it's also the fact that when when he talks about drivers and the the mistakes they make and just even the dynamics of how a corner is and stuff, he he's very insightful and he has a lot of really good information. That's a good one. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's All a good right. one. And then last we gotta welcome our new Haas boy we to the paddock. Dude, yeah. these are the drivers, drivers don't, don't know how to act. act. Yeah, he's setting lap times like it's an easy track. Yeah, so watch him blazing round a faster lap. Yeah, take it to the bridge. Come on, Hulk. Go ahead, get gone with it. Come on, Mac. Go ahead, get gone with it. Gunter Steiner, go ahead, get gone with it. Bring it on. <laughs> Great yeah. list. Yeah. yeah. I'm so stoked. We're excited about 2023. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And the Haas boys, we're going to take it up a notch as well. That's right. You guys can anticipate this podcast going to another planet. A lot more naming of the, t- the team Haas per minute. <laughs> lot, we're going to be saying Gunder's name a lot more. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know what numbers we got this this season. <laughs> Our we're gonna stats. Be, yeah. We're going to be pumping those numbers way up. <laughs> Crazy to think that we just finished the last race. The last, the last race, race of twenty two. Yeah, but this isn't the last episode. Not the last episode. Not yet. I think what we want to do is have one final episode. Yeah, we might bring on some old people. Bring back all the greatest hits. Bring back, play some of the greatest hits. Yeah. A season recap. Season recap. Maybe it's going to be fun, but not just the insights. F1 season recap, but the Haas Boys season recap. Yeah. Right. Don't miss it. We're going to be bringing back some of our, our best question answers. Yep. Our, 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 excuse me, our best question askers. Yes. Yep. Uh, some of our best guests. And, and uh, you're not going to want to miss this. And some of our best accusations of Otmar's half an hour. So yeah. you definitely don't want to miss it. Man, if we get really bold, maybe we'll mm-hmm. uh, go back and look at our predictions and yeah. score ourselves on predictions. Yeah. yeah, we could get bold, but we could also pretend they never happened. And then we're going to be going like on we a... killed it on yeah. predictions. Probably did, actually. Yeah, we did. And then we're going to be going on a break for however long until the season starts back That's up. Right. So until you guys beg us to come back. Yeah. But we have a deep catalog of lots of great Haas content. Yeah. Lots of hidden Easter eggs if you go back and listen to them. Yeah. yeah. Go back and find them and tell us about them. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're, we've slipped in a lot of stuff. But if you're not following us on Instagram, we won't be releasing after this next episode. We won't be releasing on Spotify, but uh, we will be on Instagram. So make yeah. sure to be following us there. So if you have any last questions, send them in and we will see you next week. Oh, baby. Yo. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's one small podcast. Oh, man.